So for this year, in my reflection mode, I have been looking back at my decisions, and this year I'm gonna share my top 10 things on my mom do-over list. Because it is so easy for us to get stuck in our head and see the faults that we did or the areas we lacked. I could have made a big difference in a lot of ways, but even though I wanna do over a lot of the things that I did, I don't know which ones would have really changed the end outcome. Welcome to Epic Mom Life. I am your host, Kara Peterson. This show is sponsored by The Possum's Tale, a unique book adventure for your 6 to 12 year old child. Let's jump into today's show. Well, Happy New Year. I oftentimes reflect on what this year has been and this New Year's I am reflecting on all of the things that I wish I had done differently as a mom. So this year I have my top 10 list of mom do-overs. Over the years, I have said several things to my boys and one of the most common is, I really hope that you don't end up on one of those talk shows. You know the talk shows, Maury Povich, Oh, who else is there? There's Wendy Williams and there's somebody brown. There's all there's always somebody new, but they're in essence, they have families on there, families air their dirty laundry, people are yelling and fighting. It's a horrible I also don't want to be the reason my boys are on a therapy couch. And it seems to me that this is something I have said quite a bit. I've also said that every single parent, mine included, does the very best they can at the time and in that moment. And yet we all fall short. And it seems that every single one of us is so much of a better parent than our parents. So following that logic, if my mom is twice the mom that her mom was, and if I am five times the mom my mom was, my boys are gonna be 10 times the parent that I was, so this could be a good thing because my grandkids are going to have an amazing life with phenomenal people to look up to. With all that being said, and knowing I could not get it right, I still agonized over all of the decisions that I made. And I now see that I could have made a big difference in a lot of ways, but even though I want to do over a lot of the things that I did, I don't know which ones would have really changed the end outcome. So for this year, in my reflection mode, I have been looking back at my decisions, and this year I'm going to share my top 10 things on my mom do-over list. So next year's going to be my top 10 things that I did really great as a mom, because I think you should celebrate those as well. So number one, raising healthy, well-adjusted men is serious. And I took mommying very seriously. I wanted to get it right. I wanted to raise boys who could go out into the world happily and independently. This took a lot of decision-making and a lot of deliberation about seemingly every single thing. I nearly obsessed about learning styles and teaching style matchups to help my children better grow. 
food choices to give their growing bodies the best chance possible while still falling in our budget because at the time we couldn't buy organic everything. Behavior expectations, knowing how to interact with others, etc. The list just went on and on and on. It seemed to me that there was a minefield at every turn trying to blast my efforts to give my boys the very best chance that I could. This was probably my biggest mom do-over. I took life too seriously. I would play more. I did not laugh enough. I did not play enough. I did not simply enjoy the moment with my amazing boys enough. I was trying so hard to help them navigate the now so that they could be prepared for the later that I woke up one day and my boys were gone. My boys were men. Do you want to laugh more but just don't know how? I created 32 clean joke cutouts. Why are they cutouts? You can cut one out, just one of the jokes, and you can put it in a lunchbox, in a backpack, underneath a pillow, and your child can find it. You can do it every day, once a week, that kind of thing. And one of the versions has the punchline, that would be your version, and one does not. That way, your child can think on what the answer would be during the day. Hopefully they don't like find it and Google it on a smartphone or something. And then at the end of the day, you guys can do your guesses, you know, like what do you think the answer would be? And you can talk about it. And this just brings all new opportunities for laughter and conversation. These are silly jokes. These are jokes that are intended to just bring fun and laughter. So get your free 32 joke cutouts today. You can get those in the description notes. Number two, I worried about everything. This goes with number one, but I could get really worked up. I mean, really worked up about just about anything. And when my boys were young, school shootings were not an almost every week occurrence, which unfortunately they seem to be now. I think that sometimes people get almost numb when you have so much tragedy that happens so often. But when my boys were young, if a school shooting was announced or if we had a school lockdown or pretty much anything, I could just imagine something horrible in my mind and I could start crying. I could go into just like a numb ball. I would become so upset and so worried about my kids. I would have such an intense worry for these little men I loved with every ounce of my soul. When they met with obstacles in school that really should not have been there, like bullying or lies about them or that kind of thing, I would put on a brave face and a very fierce front. I was that fierce mama bear for them. But I could be found at home almost unable to function with sadness and worry about what I could do for these boys. For some reason, I took every single situation that we encountered for the entire time they were in school, from preschool on, as something that I needed to do something about or something that I needed to fix. And much of these, I could do absolutely nothing about. Some of them were actually fabricated fears in my head. Now I'm older and I would like to say much wiser. 
and if not completely able to change my worrying ways, I am able to at least acknowledge them. I love this Irma Bombeck quote, worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it never gets you anywhere. Isn't that the truth? If I could have a mom do-over, alleviating worry would be at the top for sure. I would try to find a more practical way to feel, to communicate my love, and to expend my energy. Three, we did every single sport or activity that my boys were interested in. Like seriously, every single one. My generation was the first one that had open enrollment. This is a concept that means you can go to any school in your district. And while that seems like a great idea, and there's a lot of people who are advocates for that because of school equality and all of that, it causes a lot of ripples that some people may not expect. All of a sudden, my boys had friends who were not in the neighborhood. Their friends were clear across town. And much of the time, the kids that were close by, we didn't live in a neighborhood full of kids, but there were some that were kind of close by. My kids had no idea who those children were because they didn't go to their school. We as parents thought the best thing was to put our children into after school activities and sports. This gave the boys something to do that they liked and kept them engaged with other kids. It seemed so logical. It also kept them from being bored. How many times do you hear, oh, I'm so bored? Well, we went overboard in my now brain, now that I can think about it. Every single thing those boys wanted to do and try, we said, go for it. This meant I was running like crazy, as were the boys. Every single second was scheduled with an activity. I was stressed because of the schedule and my need to do everything, and I had to do everything right, remember number one. So trying to get a healthy meal on the table around all of these activities and get everyone to their places on time made me crazy mom. I would limit the activities. I would like a do-over and instead I would have each boy try various activities because I still think that they should be able to try a lot of the things they want to do, but they should do that throughout the years, not every single year. So while keeping one that they love, so if like my oldest loved to drum and that's great, he could keep drumming, but he couldn't do baseball and football and drumming. You could only add one more that year. So for each child, no more than two activities a year. I got caught up in that whole mentality of you have to start young. And the reality is you don't have to start baseball with t-ball. You can start it with little league. And some people actually started at the next level. So I just got caught up in this weird craziness of everybody has to start at the very youngest year, you know, or they aren't going to be good. Well, they weren't going to be Pele in soccer anyway, so they could have started later. So that is something that I would have redone. Number four, I rested and rejuvenated on the weekends. You would think that that's a really great thing, but I was tired and I was on survival much of the time. By the time Friday night came, I was so ready for downtime. And much of this is due to the crazy schedule number three. Both of my boys were in club baseball. So this also took a large chunk out of all of the weekends. So I just ended up having a view 
of my life sliding from one thing to another. This is kind of what I thought my life looked like. It just kind of like, you know, if you look like, if you remember the mercury that came out of the thermometer or almost like what an amoeba looks like, and it just kind of has no defined edges. It just kind of blobs from one place to another. That's kind of what I thought my life was like. Well, we should have camped together. I know that sounds funny, but I do wish I had insisted on being a camping family. A lot can be learned by going out into nature and just being. We should have slowed down and just hung out together with no schedule dictating our next move. The caveat to this is, while I really wish we had done this, and I have deliberated over this again and again, I still, my boys are now 22 and 27, I still drive by all of our parking lots and sales things that have campers in them and I look longingly at them. I really don't see how we could have ever made this work. My husband worked most weekends and my boys were only off on the weekends. However, when they had club baseball, that's when they played and my boys loved baseball. So I don't know when we could have fit camping in because work was year round and baseball was pretty much year round. So what this shows you is when you're looking at all of the things that you could have done better as a mom and that you want to redo as a mom, a lot of them, even if you would have redone them, there really isn't a way you could have unless I would have just flat out gotten rid of the baseball, which they did love. My oldest actually played college ball. And if I camped alone, which I really didn't want to do. So I don't think I could have changed that one. Number five, there were no little trips. Now, while we could not have easily become a camping family, I could have done little trips. We did have full days at our disposal, days where I was flat out pooped. And of course, I'm not even mentioning the cleaning, the cooking, the meal planning, the laundry, you know, all that normal stuff that we get done. I took advantage of those days that we had to ourselves to get stuff done and to relax. It never occurred to me that one day I would not have those boys around to play with. I would have taken fun, short, spontaneous trips. We live in a lovely area and within two hours in almost any direction, we have a ton of things to do and see. So my realistic mom do-over is that I would have maximized those days where we didn't have anything and I would have incorporated more spontaneous day trips to create more memories together. Number six, my boys were so busy they had very little time to be bored. We live in a hill, we live on a hill, in a neighborhood with primarily retired people. The boys could not just go to the neighbors and play all day, which was a large reason for number three. My younger son, Alec, had a horrible time with empty time. He was a child who knew what an iPad or computer games were. My older child, Andrew, grew up just as these things were becoming super popular and we were able to keep most of them out of the home. Andrew had a great imagination and he could play on his own and he could be bored because he would just find something to do. Alec had a really hard time with this. I needed to teach creative and imaginative play. I did not realize this was something I should have taught. And now I realize that because of the way we're living our lives, 
this is an amazing skill. It's a great skill to be able to have nothing to do and learn how to use your imagination and learn how to play creatively. I didn't realize that as a mom, that was something I really needed to teach my son, especially my younger son. So if I were to go over and do this again, I would create more windows of boredom so that I could actively teach more times to be creative and imaginative. This computer age. Number seven, we were an island. This was probably my fault. I think I operated from lizard brain much of the time. My husband was gone at least half of the week, every single week. I was striving for perfection in everything. Basically, I was obsessing. I was worried every day about everything. We were running all of the time. I was exhausted mentally and physically, and yet I was still giving more and more because I wanted my boys to have as much as I could give them. And as an aside, we lived near no family, so we had no support system. So if you look at that list, we were a perfect storm, basically. And so looking back, even with all my do-overs, I am amazed at how wonderful or wonderfully my boys turned out. It never occurred to me that I could find ways to make life easier or richer. I could have connected with other moms. Now I know about mom groups. Now I know that moms help each other with carpooling. Now I know that these friendships that moms have, a lot of times they're developed because they have kids that are the same age. Well, those friendships usually grow in a supportive environment and they're lifelong friendships for those kids. That's amazing. If number one was my biggest mom do-over, this is definitely a close second. I did not realize the depth of the relationships that are forged for the kids. There's also a supportive environment for moms. This, there is help. This would have been a way to stop the crazy. My boys and I would have led much different lives, I think, if I had been able to just stop, think, and pay attention to what other people were doing. Number eight, I thought my boys did not listen and chose to not do what I asked. This is an area that really embarrasses me. However, a list of your top 10 mom do-overs would not be a realistic list if you didn't really get vulnerable. So, what happened? There were chores. We had, you know, chores or stuff that each of the boys were responsible for. I was a teacher. I totally should have clued into this. I should have seen it much earlier. But instead, there was a lot of heartache, there was a lot of anger, and there was a lot of frustration. I knew my boys were different. However, for some reason, it never occurred to me that they learned differently or interpreted the world differently. My oldest, he could get stuff done with very little input from me. However, my younger child would do great with the first thing I asked, but he never got to the second or third thing. I assumed it was just because he chose to do the first thing and he then chose to not do the other things I asked. For years I assumed this. He never, he never communicated otherwise. And how could he? He was really young. 
This mom do over breaks my heart. I hope I did not do irreversible damage with Alec with the years of my anger and frustration of why he could just not do the three things that I asked him to do. I would have created to-do lists early. Alec's results changed overnight as soon as I figured out that nagging was not going to do any good. All I had to do, it's so easy, I can't even believe it. All I had to do was write down what I needed him to do. He loved having it all written down. I had these little square whiteboards and I would write them down on a whiteboard and he would draw a line through them as soon as he finished. And then I would be able to go look at the task because I would see that it was finished. And if it was finished well, I would erase it. If he'd forgotten something, like say it was go gather all the trash, he would go gather all the trash and then he'd dump it into the big dumpster, our big trash can. Well, if he forgot, say, the trash in the office, I would just write office and he'd go back to that one. He'd get it and then I'd look and then I'd erase it. It was easy. Alec has short-term memory issues. He could not remember what I asked him after completing the first task. This was not a choice. He did not choose to disobey or to not get his stuff done. He could only remember as far back as that first task. So once he had a list and he could complete it and draw a line through it and he could read it and he could move on to the next one, it made such a huge dis difference. There was no more nagging, no feelings of inadequacy, and no conflict. Number nine, I communicate my love through cooking often. I think my boys are going to put on my gravestone, she made the best waffles or some such thing. Seriously, one of the reasons number one, taking things so seriously is my biggest mom do-over is because it leaks into so many other things. And one of the ways it leaked over is how I presented as a mom and as a cook. I loved on my boys a lot. One of my less obvious ways was showing my love through cooking. I made a good dinner almost every single night. And it's kind of funny because when Andrew was 12, we were busy, we were rushing like we always were. And I swung by Costco and they have these, these meals in tinfoil and they have chicken alfredo. So I grabbed that, I popped it in the oven, and we sat down to eat and I'd taken it out of the tinfoil. So it's not like that was the clue. We sat down and we ate and Alex said, mom, is this a cheater meal? I'm like, what the heck? What is he thinking? What is he saying? And he says, I said, what do you mean? And he says, well, it just doesn't taste right. Did you cheat somehow? The uncannily smart kid got right to it. He figured out that that dinner probably did not take the normal one and a half hours. It just didn't taste like it. Maybe there's some truth to there's love embedded in cooking and the love just wasn't there in that meal, but he figured it out. So when it took me about an hour and a half to cook the meals, the good news is the kids loved them and they were very healthy. And I usually was only able to do that like four nights a week. But on the bad news is this was just another thing that I obsessed over that made me feel rushed and that made me feel panicky. What I would do differently, it's time to learn to cook. I would have started preparing my boys for living on their own and cooking on their own earlier in our home. 
I dabbled in this, but did not do it really well. In a previous blog, Five Ways to Help Your Child Become Independent, I start with how to help with cooking. There's a bunch of different ways I talk about, and that one has nine steps that a child can learn to help with, and I wish I had done that blog when my kids were much easier because it talks about how your child can start to learn cooking when they're only like four, and it just starts, you know, you just start building up as they get older. In the other blog that I did, Quick and Easy Meals Your Kids Can Cook, I talk about all these different meals that kids can cook, and it goes anywhere from, cook is used very loosely, from no stove and no knife levels all the way to raw meat and having to prepare meat and having to use a knife, which is a much more advanced level. My life would have been much easier and my boys would have been way better prepared and the meals still would have gotten done with way less anxiety if I'd had my boys help in the kitchen from a very early age. And number 10, honestly, I think a lot of parents are guilty of this one. We wanted our boys to have everything they needed and we as parents, we as parents do not want our children to want or lack for anything. So our boys had what they needed, plus some extras. My husband and I did not communicate the struggles and obstacles that we faced to get to where we are. Who likes to focus on the negative or the hard? By not telling our story in its entirety, our boys did not see the whole picture. They saw the results of the hard work, the results of our sacrifices, but we never told them about that hard work or sacrifice that gave us those rewards. So, my boys had a very incomplete picture. We also did not require our boys to work in high school. Instead, we required them to do well in school. We felt that was their job. What this created was two children who did not understand the true value of the dollar. I knew I had to work X amount of hours babysitting, because that's what I did, to buy a pair of designer jeans by the time I was 12 years old. I needed to teach the value of the dollar. As a mom, I did not realize the importance in being able to understand work to time to value. I was not taught this in school, and it was never a specific lesson. I was never, dis it, I was, it was never discussed in my family, so I guess I flat out missed that this was something that I needed to teach my children. A big mom do-over, an area where I may have failed to prepare my boys adequately, to prepare, to prepare my boys adequately, is in simply giving them too much. I would definitely teach my boys to be more financially literate and aware. In the end, there is no perfect way to be a mom. I'm laughing because, I mean, we all try and we all fall short. Each family is different and each child is an individual with their own needs. We as moms are all winning when we are trying each and every day to be the very best that we can and when we show up for our kids. Sometimes just showing up can make all of the difference. I have talked to my boys about my reflections and my list of mom do-overs, 
And it's funny because my boys don't see these things like I do. My boys remember me being their biggest fan. They do remember me being tough, but consistent and always loving them. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because it is so easy for us to get stuck in our head and see the faults that we did or the areas we lacked. Yet when you talk to your children as adults, you realize that in the end, you did okay. I have two adult children whom I love and I am so proud of, and they amaze me with their goodness and their ability to navigate today's world. So the quote for this week, there comes a day when you're going to look around and realize happiness is where you are by Moana. If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I want to send you a huge thank you. Please leave me a comment or review and share with other moms you know. Get in touch in the comments or on Kara's social media networks. See you next week for a new episode.